Welcome to the Rehab Rebels podcast. Are you a rehab professional ready to transition to an alternative career? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and learn the best ways to bridge your career gap. This podcast has you covered. Now here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and podcaster, Tanner Welsh. Yep, a pop-up came up and I clicked, got it. Okay, sweet. So we are recording. This is going to be like we mentioned before, just imagine like we're at a coffee shop, just sitting down next to each other, having a conversation and going from there. Let me, for some reason, my iTunes decides to get up and play. So that's, let's close that. <laughs> but yeah, and things will be edited, Justine. Okay. So don't worry about it. Just no pressure. T- yeah. <laughs> take a big deep Perfect. breath and it's going to sound good on the other end. I'm going to edit out all the filler words. Like you're going to sound awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So the first thing we'll do is really just introduce yourself, where you graduated from, and what interests you in being a physical therapist. We talk a little bit about that on the discovery call. So we'll start there and go from there. Okay. So a little bit about me. My name is Justine Presti-Filippo, and I have a DPT from Arcadia University, and I decided to pursue PT because a lot of experience on the patient side. So my original career aspirations revolved around ballet. And so I spent a lot of time in a ballet studio. And through that, I had a lot of injuries. And Mm -hmm. I actually have my undergraduate degree in ballet performance. And while I was in doing my undergrad, I had a pretty bad end that required me to miss a year of dancing. And during that year, I actually got to do physical therapy with this amazing woman. And I thought that time was pretty rough because I felt like it was like identity crisis for me, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. But she really honestly helped me keep mentally on track. And she was like my little saving force. So I thought she was awesome. Fast forward a couple of years, I was living in New York City, trying to be a ballet dancer and not making any money and thinking about what was next for me career wise. Mm -hmm. And I had remembered this specific physical therapist. And I was like, I think I want to do, I want to do that. I want to be that for somebody else. I want to help them when they're going through maybe their lowest point when they can't move like they normally would. So I went back to school, got my prerequisites for PT school, applied to Arcadia, which is in, that's outside Philadelphia. It's in Glenside, Pennsylvania. And I applied and I got in and I was thrilled and I loved PT school. I loved clinicals and Yeah. Okay. Okay. You graduate from PT school. You love the experience. What, what were you doing there for a while before you were thinking about maybe seeing what else is out there? So I, all of my clinical experience in school, most of it actually was outpatient orthopedic settings. And then when I graduated, I took an outpatient orthopedic job and Mm -hmm. I really liked aspects of it because I really honestly love patient interactions, helping people and patient education, all of that. But I quickly realized, honestly, during clinical and then my first full-time job, I was like, this is more of a hustle than I thought. We're just being slammed with patients. If I tried to discuss that with my manager and superiors, I was brought with patient volumes matter. You have to be seeing X amount of patients a day. And I was struggling really with that and getting all the documentation in. And I didn't feel like I was able to spend as much time with people as I wanted. And I wasn't able to really be mentally on with patients. So I kind of 
I bounced around a little bit to a different clinic and I had the same experience, unfortunately. And so then I, at that time I was also PRN. Okay. So it was a little different because I was picking up caseloads and not really determining my own plan of care. But I still felt like even as a PRN therapist, I was being slammed schedule wise. And then I switched again to a different clinic. And this one was a podiatry clinic. And I was like, oh, awesome. A bunch of new diagnoses that I've never seen before. A bunch of post-op patients with surgeries I'd never even heard of. I loved being able to learn about new rehab protocols, new diagnoses, all of that. But the same thing, so much pressure to see so many patients. And Mm -hmm. I was feeling super burnt out. Um, Every day leaving the clinic, I was mentally just drained. And I was like, I don't know how people, am I the only one who's feeling like this? And how are other people having a life outside of the clinic? I don't have kids, but I was like, I can't imagine going home and having anything left to give to a family. Definitely. So I... I don't know. And nobody really at where I worked, a lot of people weren't talking about it. And I had one coworker who I spoke to was like, how do you feel at the end of the day? Are you, are you experiencing burnout? And she was too. So it was nice to have somebody to talk to about it. Absolutely. And then I had a couple of other coworkers that would almost brag about how many patients they would see in a day. So I was Mm. like, okay, cool. That's great. I'm happy for you that you feel like you're able to do that. I did not feel that way. So Then things started happening with COVID. Okay. And everyone was panicking. We kept getting HR letters about decreasing volumes because people didn't know what was going on. And I was like, okay, great. But then in reality, we weren't decreasing volumes. And I messaged a couple of people that I knew were at different clinics asking what what was going on at other clinics. What were you seeing at outpatient clinics? And they, same thing, they weren't being encouraged to decrease volumes, but on paper, but in reality, they were still being basically still required to see a certain patient volume. Definitely. Yeah. And then I, our manager had sent out an email saying that they were going to ask people to be, they were going to ask first for a round of people to be furloughed. Oh and then gosh. if there were no volunteers, they were going to have to start furloughing based on newest in furloughed first. So I was like, I volunteer. I need a break. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> So, so I was like, perfect timing. Get me right? out of here. And so that's where you took your first break from all of this kind of crazy madness. Okay. Yeah. How did you go from there and getting into this librarian position that you are now? Can you walk us through that? Sure. So I was furloughed, I think two to three months, somewhere in there. And then they had said, we're bringing people back to the clinic. I was like, okay, cool. I was honestly during the furlough, I was pretty bored. Mm-hmm. And I did all of my continuing ed for licensing and I was like, perfect. And I was ready to get back into the clinic, super excited about it. And then right away slammed, slammed. And it was also a little scary because patients were complaining and asking if it was safe. And I was like, I honestly don't know, but my manager is telling me that I'm supposed to tell you that it's safe, but I didn't, it didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And then after a few more months of that, I was like, I felt mentally good during the furlough when I wasn't in the clinic. Maybe the clinic is the problem. Sure. So I was like, what else is out there? Let me just put feelers out. And I just did a random Google search, part-time jobs near me. And one of the first things that came up was a library job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, neat. That sounds fun. It's one day a week. Let me just apply and see what happens. So I emailed them and I was like, is this job still open? And it was, and they brought me in for an interview and they were like, what on earth do you want? Why do you want to work at the library? And I was like, I need, I needed a little bit of, 
I need something different. I started working there one day a week and I loved it. And my the clinic I was working at the time, mm-hmm. I had told them, I was like, I'll give you a month and then I want to transition to a PRN role. Okay. And they did allow me to do that, which was nice. So slowly as I was transitioning more into PRN status, I also was taking on more time at the library. That that sounds great. Like a perfect transition there. During, yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. During the furlough period, I think you said it was about three months, did, mm-hmm. they didn't pay you while you were on uh, away on furlough, right? Like No, you, no. It was completely unpaid. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. during that time, what was that like? Were you just scrambling and trying to figure out what it is you were going to do with your life? Or like, what happened during that time? It was a little brutal. I Luckily, my husband works, so I we were like able to pay our bills. But okay. I honestly didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen because a lot of my friends that were working in various other settings, mm-hmm. a lot of them that were also in outpatient were, had switched to like a hybrid model with teletherapy okay, and clinic hours. And I was like, I don't know if we're ever going to switch to offering anything like teletherapy wise, but we didn't. And I was like, I have no idea. I honestly, I didn't even know because we had, they had emailed saying, we expect to bring you back after a month. And then the month rolled around and no, we're not bringing you back. So it was in limbo. And I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't really want to apply for a different clinic because at least it wasn't a layoff. And a lot of my friends from PT school had been actually laid off. Okay. So I was like, at least I'm one of the lucky ones who has a job potentially waiting for me in who knows when. Okay. What would you say was at stake if you did not make this transition to this librarian job? Honestly, I feel like partially mental health crisis on my for myself, but also I felt like it was getting to the point where I didn't know if this was sustainable for me in order to provide the kind of care that I wanted to. Okay. And I felt like I didn't know maybe I'd get used to it. And I kept telling myself that's why it took me so long to leave. But mm. I felt like something had to give and I didn't want it to be my attention to the patients. And I didn't want it to be, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like something had to give and I didn't know the best way to do that without just leaving because I didn't want to compromise the care that I was giving. Definitely. Makes complete sense. So this transition, you're working less in the clinic, you're working more in the library. How's that going for you? It, honestly, it's been, I feel really lucky because it, the transition has been fantastic. I was working in like a very entry-level position at the library and I loved every minute of it. I felt like a lot of the things that I was looking for in healthcare and I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting, I do feel like exists in the library world. Can and you give us some I, examples there? Of definitely. What you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like what I was looking for most being a healthcare provider is helping people. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's pretty much it. And I feel like the way that my experience went with physical therapy is that yes, we get to help people, but it's not the motivation for why we do our job. It should be the motivation for why, but it's not the motivation for why the companies that we work for exist. And I think is disheartening because it felt like everyone above me just cares about patient volume, money. Yep. And that's, I hate that. And then in the library, it's all, we have budget meetings where everybody gets together and we talk about how can we stretch every last dollar to actually benefit the people of the community. So it's amazing because I feel like I'm actually helping people and making impact where money is not even a factor. That's awesome. 
Yeah. yeah. And you're having a voice too with like how the financial side of things are being spent. And I feel like that would make me feel more appreciated and involved with my work environment and what I'm doing. Definitely. Okay. I'm super, super excited for you that you're on this journey. So I know there's, <laughs> I know there's some big questions out there that people are wondering, A, what are, what's the income comparison like between a PT transition into being a librarian? We'll start there. That depends, honestly, on the setting that you work in. So my experience, I work in a public library and those are all funded usually by local tax, some donations. It's very, it's all tax dollars that fund it. Mm-hmm. And so depending on where you live, the what they're going to be able to offer you salary-wise differs. And okay. then different settings, there are so many, which I didn't know until I was in library school. There are a lot of different settings for librarians to work in. Academic libraries tend to pay better because you're working in an academic setting. You're more likely to earn comparable to what a professor would make. Oh, whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's specialty libraries like law libraries. They pay pretty well, but you usually have to have experience in law. Medical Mm -hmm. libraries, you have to have medical background. So that's something I'm interested in potentially pursuing later. But like consulting, medical librarian consultants, they get paid really well. Like architectural firms have librarians. So it depends on the setting. My current setting, the pay is less. And honestly, it'd be nice to make a million dollars or make whatever. (laughs) But I'm at the point in my life where I would rather do something that I can feel proud of and not compromise my beliefs and my ethics every day versus try to make as much money as possible. Absolutely. Completely agree. And with the specialties, that's news to me. I didn't know about that, that you can be a kind of a specialized librarian. I think everybody in the rehab fields definitely have some experience with at least the medical kind of librarian specialty. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And that's something you're interested in pursuing. So that lines up. The other question B that I had for you was, what additional education or is there any to be able to transition into being a librarian and then specializing? So that also, again, depends on your state and the setting that you want to work in. So my experience, I'm in Pennsylvania, and my experience is that the majority of libraries here have to have a certain number on staff that have a master's of library science and to work in a public library because it's government funded, they have different regulations. Okay. So they do prefer for you to have a master's of library science. And there are, because in rehab has some sort of advanced degree, there are certificates that you can get where it's basically like a condensed program and you just do the certification to get the specialized credits towards your master's of library science. Okay. How long is that? Is that like a year or? If you get the actual master's itself, it's two years. And then if you get the, if you go through the certification route, that is usually a year. Okay. So about half the time for the certification. What is your day-to-day life like as a librarian? It changes. It varies. So my role right now, I'm in charge of collection development. So what that means is it's all collection maintenance of all of the books in the library. So I'm in charge of all of the adult books, resources, ebooks, physical books, and digital books. And so I do all the purchasing to try to get all the books into the library. And then also weeding, which is getting rid of all the books that aren't popular and or too old. So we get them off the shelves. And there are also part of my job is making sure patrons are able to access our resources. Okay. 
So a lot of that is educational, teaching people how to use our ebook platforms, look at our databases, answer research questions, reference questions, help them find books, and also libraries, which I had no idea really because I'm an avid reader, but I hadn't been to a library in a long time mm-hmm. until I started working in one. They're big community centers now, and there's a big push to have libraries offer more than just books. So like I had a gentleman come in and he wanted help with finding a job. So basically we connected them with other resources in the area to help with things like that. Awesome. That leads up to another question. Transferable skills. What are some transferable skills being a PT or rehab professional that you feel transition into being a librarian? I honestly feel like there are so many transferable skills for rehab professionals into any profession, specifically any profession where you're interacting with people. Rehab professionals, we're golden with this. And really any job where you're working with people, any customer service role, any job where you're talking to people, we already know how to deal with people, how to talk to people, how to educate people. So that has been super beneficial for me because in rehab too, sometimes when you're interacting with your patients, they're not maybe in... They're not having the time of their life, perhaps when they're seeing you. So you're seeing them maybe at their worst. And people in the library are much more pleasant overall. So it's a little easier in some ways. And also education. And I feel like a big thing is critical thinking skills. Like one of the biggest things that you learn in like that I learned in PT school was how to critically think and how to rationalize what you're doing, justify what you're doing and document what you're doing. And I feel like for any job, if there's a reason behind what you're doing that you can support with any evidence, mm-hmm. there's, that's it. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I use that every day. I make little notes. So I still document for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Who do you feel would be a good fit for being in the librarian setting? You could say what kind of personality or things you'd have to deal with on a daily basis or who do you feel would be good for this particular occupation as a librarian? I think there are so many different avenues for in libraries that I didn't realize until I worked in them. But anybody who first and foremost, it is it's a profession where you deal with people and you help people. So anyone who wants to help people and interact with people, I think it's a great job for them. And then depending on what type of people you would like to help, that could be a good fit too. We have a youth services department and they lead story times. They do outreach with schools. So you can work with younger children or my specific job, I tend to work with older populations. Mm -hmm. So anyone who likes to help people, really anyone who's interested in benefiting the community, I think there is a potential job in the library for them. And if you're outgoing, a librarian role might be good for you or a director of a library or leading programs at a library. And if you're more reserved, introverted, there are jobs that you can do that are a little bit more behind the scenes, okay. um, like shelving or processing books. So Perfect. wide variety of people. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of different kind of settings that you could really choose from based on your preference or personality. So that's yeah. great. What would you share with other rehab professionals who, you know, are stuck in it like you were, you try different settings, you just were getting burnt out and maybe they're interested in seeing what else is out there, what would you share with them and help them guide them as to, you know, maybe where to go or what to do next or what helped you? I would say if you feel like you're burnt out and want to look for something else, 
don't feel guilty about it. I think I really struggled with even making the decision to want to leave or to want to try something new. So don't feel like just because you worked really hard and all that, which you did, and that's valid, but don't feel like you can't change. And there are so many other avenues that we have skills that can easily transfer to that there are so many other things that you can pursue and just don't be afraid to see what else is out there and what else you can try to pursue with the background that you already have. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, I felt hesitant to even want to leave the clinic because I did work so hard and it was very expensive and it has so much potential. And I love so many things about being a physical therapist. I just don't, didn't like the reality of it. And I think just don't be afraid to try something new. Absolutely. So I got to ask, are you going to keep up with your DPT license and keep it active? Are you doing stuff PRN or what What are you going to do with your DPT? So I still currently have my license in Pennsylvania. Luckily, you don't have to have any in-clinic hours. Mm-hmm. So I probably, I don't know when I'll let it lapse because I, I still feel like I worked so hard. I don't want to, I don't know. And Absolutely. Never say never. I don't know if I'll ever want to go back to a clinic. You never know. But as of now, I'm not working actively. I don't have any active PRN roles or jobs. When I transitioned into my current role at the library, I stopped working in the PT clinic fully. Woo! You transitioned yeah. <laughs> over to the bright side. That is I transitioned. Awesome. And yeah. I honestly, I don't know. Part of me wants to just not look back. I honestly don't know if I ever want to go back to the clinic, but I also am Mm-hmm. I'm still a little afraid to let my license lapse, so I'll keep it for now. <laughs> sure. Yeah, makes sense. I Man, I this is great. I love the conversation we're having, the way this is flowing. It's perfect. What have you realized from this journey? It can be really anything. What awareness have you gained going through wanting to be a PT, being a PT, now transition to be a librarian. What do you have for us? I think the biggest thing I've learned through this journey is trust your gut yourself. If you're not happy, it's not like there's no reason to stay somewhere where you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes, at least for myself, I'm hesitant to want to change because I don't know if what I'm pursuing is going to be better. But I think sometimes don't make a don't make a mistake by not changing and don't let fear of change hold you back and if you know something is wrong trust your gut if you're not comfortable in a certain job or a certain setting or a certain career path it's okay to leave it behind awesome awesome are there any resources out there that helped you get into this role transition to be a librarian that you're willing to share with listeners that one's tough a lot of the resources i used honestly were people that are at the library that I'm working at. So that's not very helpful for everyone. So I, an example, maybe, did you have to revamp your resume and like maybe you hired somebody to help you with that? Or before you transitioned to be a librarian, did you have a mentor or somebody that you were bouncing ideas off of what to do or any and all that stuff? And if you can't think of anything, that's okay too. When I applied for the job at the library, I did change my resume around a little bit, but I honestly... I didn't know what I was going to do. I also applied to like museums, a bunch of random things. So I was like, if they don't like me based on my resume, then oh well, which mm-hmm. is probably, it's not good advice. So <laughs> maybe cut that out. <laughs> but I also had a friend. So she was 
one of my coworkers at my first job, fantastic woman. She actually introduced me to the Facebook group where I met you. Her sister is a librarian. So when I was talking to my friend about it and saying how I am working at a library, I'm wondering if I should pursue this professionally. She was like, you remember my sister, she's a librarian. If you want, you can get in touch with her and ask her what she thinks about the job and ask for her honest opinion. So I did. And that was part of the reason that I actually ended up applying to library school because she only had positive th things to say. And I'm like, if someone would were to reach out to me about my experience as a physical therapist, I don't think I only have positive things to say. So <laughs> that swayed me. Yeah, kind of made it a pretty easy or clear decision there, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another follow-up question that I have, is there anybody you would like to have on the show and be interviewed that you would want to hear from? I think it would be great to hear from other people who have transitioned to something completely not related to rehab movement exercise. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's beneficial to hear from other people who have maybe started a cash-based practice or wellness coaching, because I think those skills are a little bit more easily transferable. And it's nice to see or hear people's perspectives on how they did that, because I also um, thought about trying to do something like that and was very intimidated, so did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That's fair. Lastly here, is there anything else you'd like to cover or discuss that may benefit some rehab rebel listeners that are looking to break away from traditional therapy into alternative careers? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Words of wisdom. I don't know. I don't know if I have any. Yeah. And if not, that's okay. I will say there, I have a friend who is in the, that Facebook group that mm -hmm. you messaged me from Yeah, and she has her own practice. So she might be a good person to interview. I did not ask her if that's okay or if she'd be interested, but if you do want her name and, or I, mm -hmm. she's also in that group, but if she might be a good person to interview because she did start her own cashmere practice where she has her own philosophy, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to get that from you later and we can maybe collaborate if she's interested. We'd love to get her on. Justine, this was awesome. If there's anything that I can do to help you, please reach out and let me know. The lines of communication are open. If there's anything later that you want to add or whatever months down the road, please feel free to reach out and we'd love to collaborate and or help you in any way I can. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And if I hear of any of my classmates branching out into different directions, I'll send their info your way because I think this is such an important topic. And I think it's, we're going to see more and more people unhappy and leaving and looking for direction. So I completely agree. Absolutely. Well, Justine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Loved having you. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening and a good weekend. You too. And thank you for having me. This was great. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Rehab Rebels podcast. If this podcast was useful, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. For more information about transitioning to alternative careers, head to RehabRebels.org or follow us on Instagram at Rehab Rebels Podcast. We'll see you next time.